quantum computing fundamentally is the best way to process information based on the laws of physics as we know them. I had constructed what I thought of as the generalization of the universal Turing machine. Can an astonishingly powerful new realm of computation be found within the quantum world? Will researchers ever realize the goal of what they call quantum supremacy? And what would it mean for our society if they did? From its fundamental building blocks to the ultimate goal of a truly universal quantum computer, join me, Oxford Professor of Philosophy Peter Millikan, as I explore this and many other questions on the Future Makers podcast. Available today from wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech, the Future Tech Health Podcast. I have a returning guest, uh, Baron Perry, uh, very interesting lady. She, uh, some of her background is that uh, she had thyroid cancer and had uh, a subtotal thyroidectomy, and she's been taking the synthetic thyroid hormone for you know, quite a long time and lost weight, and uh, you know now has really uh, radically changed her health and improved her life, and is writing books about it. And uh, we're going to talk about her new book, The Ageless metabolic cure. And uh, I think you're going to find Baron's uh, story and her insights super interesting. They go way beyond uh, what I've heard most people that are in the health uh, area talk about. So, uh, Baron, thanks for coming. How are you doing? Very well, thanks. Thank you for having me on again. I really enjoyed our last discussion and I'm planning to have this one as, be as fruitful as the last one. Well, good. Well, tell me about the new book. What, uh, I guess you haven't covered everything you know in just one or two books. What, what prompted you to want to write this new one and what's it about and how's it different? I've been planning this book for about five years, and it's more of what I would call a health encyclopedia. So a lot of my previous books have focused on one particular subject, be it thyroid or inflammation, anything to do with functional medicine, nutrition, really. Um, However, I wanted to write a book that contained all the elements, so looking at both uh, physical, mental, emotional and looking at the scientific aspects of how to heal ourselves as well. So, so the book is 504 pages, which uh, gave me a lot of opportunity to cover all these areas. So that's, uh, yeah, that's a lot to, uh, to take in. How do you organize and structure the book so that someone reading it, maybe from the start, winds their way to the right point and stops off at the right point? Or have you designed it that people can jump around based on what's going on with them? 
Yes, I have definitely designed it so that people can jump around because, um, you know, everybody has a particular issue in, in the forefront of their minds, uh, what I find. So whether it's hormones or whether it's a particular area like the thyroid or if it's uh, diet, weight loss, inflammation, whether it's uh, genetics, DNA testing, you know, even, there's even a chapter on intermittent fasting, um, so you can go along. There, there are more than 20 different uh, contents, uh, chapters and contents listed. Um, and then it's obviously very easy if you're on Kindle, but even in the actual um, printed book, there are many pages there that are just numbered and it's very easy to follow. Well, for the people that, that buy your books or come to you for advice, where do they have... I mean, are there infinite starting points or do they typically have a, a subset of starting points that, that are in common? What I find is that it tends to be, and that's why I've called it the ageless metabolic cure, it tends to be uh, those of us that are perhaps in our 40s, 50s, 60s, or even 70s that have suffered uh, a myriad of complaints. So they would tend to uh, be in the area of inflammatory disease, uh, hormonal imbalance, weight issues, uh, especially also pain-related issues, and everything really. And they they actually have uh, come to a point where nothing they're doing is really helping them to feel very well. And so they're looking for something new. And because functional medicine has become such an integral part of healing today. Uh, people are looking more and more in this area to find solutions for their health. How, um, I mean, it doesn't seem like a lot of people go very deep, you know, in trying to fix their health. If they go to a traditional doctor, you know, they seem to be just prescribed pills or admonished to lose weight and exercise. I mean, what are the steps or stages that you'll take people through on their journey to healing? And, you know, let's say they have a really serious problem or, you know, one that's not so serious. Like, what, what What's your scheme? How do you take them through uh, the journey? Okay, so um, so just to go over the forensic study. So as I said before, it's a very intense diagnostic and forensic study. It starts off with looking at toxic symptoms, toxic screening, um, what kind of toxic toxins are being imbibed, and also the results of those toxins in the body. And then we look at food intolerance. We look at uh, symptoms of food intolerance. We also look at symptoms throughout the body from head to toe and then I would normally also do a medical history, a gynecological history if it's a female. I look at emotional health, mental health and also the health of parents or close relatives as well as what medications are being taken and also what natural medications are being taken. So then I would write a prescription for a blood test. And once the blood test had been done, I would then sit down with my patient for the second consult where we would go through all the details together and start to create a picture of the situation. And at that point, I would normally also ask for a DNA test, a DNA health test if it hadn't been screened. And from there, we would then move through creating um, a, a program of really getting back well-being using natural medicine, natural therapies, and, of course, an anti-inflammatory diet. As you, um, as you go through this initial forensics with the patient, do you hear them say, oh, yeah, um, this is happening, I didn't even realize it, or, oh, that's right, I forgot about this, and I'm experiencing this. Do they, do they have a lot of realizations just in the initial stage of this process? 
Absolutely. The first the first diagnostic is normally an eye opener for for them because what happens is that I ask questions that may not have been asked in that way before or it starts to bring back memories of particular problems that um, have been experienced. Just to give you an example, I was doing several consults today and somebody suddenly remembered that they had taken a, a course, a three-month course of antibiotics, which would have drastically affected their health. And when I first asked the question, they said, no, no, I've never had long-term antibiotics. And then suddenly they remembered they'd had pneumonia very seriously and, and had that. So a lot of realizations happen, and that starts to feed into the fact that if we look at the situation functionally, then we can see why certain health challenges have happened. Yeah, it's weird. I realized that about myself and about everyone. Is you forget. Sometimes you forget serious things, and it's just funny how that leads you to, I don't know, go down a path of eating a certain way, or you stop doing something, you don't think about it, and then you have a, a health consequence, and you don't tie the two together initially. It's just interesting how that happens. Yes, and I think we all need somebody who looks at the overall picture and pulls it all together for us so that we're able to link all the dots and then find that the conclusion and the, the challenges experienced actually make a lot of sense. I haven't, you know, I've been to many health practitioners and even the um, the functional medicine ones, they seem to have like, um, you know, a, a narrow bag of tricks and a certain protocol that they put everyone on. I, I just get that feeling. But it seems like your stuff's a lot more customized. I mean, have you wrestled with, you know, to be efficient, having certain spelled out protocols for people or are you fine with the complete customization? Um, I don't agree with customization when it comes to natural medicine because I think everybody is different and we have to look at how we function hormonally, um, digestively, in, you know, inflammation-wise, and, and everybody is different. So none of my natural medicine prescriptions resemble each other because I have a very wide range. I look at herbal solutions. I look at Ayurvedic medicine solutions. I look at vitamin and mineral therapy, amino acids. So so my natural medicine facilities are very vast. Obviously, things like anti-inflammatory eating patterns, those are fairly standardized. But then because I'm concerned about the toxin levels and food intolerance. That is different as well. But there is an underlying customization of the anti-inflammatory program, but it's never exactly the same for everyone. And if it were, it wouldn't work as far as I'm concerned. So what are some of the, um, the really interesting cases you've worked on where the person felt a certain way or experienced some kind of problem, but the real reason was either very strange or you know, very ancillary or four steps down the road. Anything really interesting that sticks out of you? I think one of my most interesting cases was a, a lady who uh, suffered with three different autoimmune conditions or diseases and was on 13 different medications, uh, including uh, substantial issues with, uh, with brain function and, and also water retention. And what I found with her, she was probably one of my most challenging patients, but um, she had all the, 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 the normal issues that you can imagine. So there was hormonal imbalance, massive inflammation, a history of extremely high sugar diet, uh, smoking, alcohol, that kind of thing. And But because she 
stuck fastidiously to the whole program. Within three months, she had lost 13 kilos and was only on three of the medications out of the 13. So she had a, an incredibly fast, uh, positive reaction. I've had another lady that actually I met with today who has, in the last three months, lost 20 kilos. We have been working together for nine months, but because her inflammatory status was so severe, it was impossible to lose the weight initially without reducing the inflammation first. So she had to be very patient. But what's happened in the last three months is the weight has simply fallen off because her inflammatory markers went from from very, very high to absolutely normal. So that's called C-reactive protein. And even her uh, conventional doctors were absolutely amazed at what she's achieved. So a lot of it is down to not just the input that I would bring, but also the the fact that the patient is very, very um, serious about getting better. Okay. Any other uh, examples that are really stick out in your mind? Maybe one more? I think another one would be uh, thyroid medication. So this actually, this particular uh, lady, because I work with everyone long term, I saw yesterday. So when I saw her initially, she was suffering with incredibly serious hypothyroid symptoms. She was obviously low thyroid. She had everything. She had problems with weight loss. She was unable to uh, do anything with her life because she had no energy, severe depression. She even had anxiety, uh, hair loss, um, inflammation throughout her body. Markers were very high. And one of the reasons was that she was being prescribed all these years only as what we call thyroxine or T4 medication. But what she really should have been on was the T3 medication. So when I did the bloods, um, I discovered that she uh, was was very, very low in T3, and she also had problems with her thyroid pyridoxase. So that means that she was starting with an autoimmune thyroid disease, Hashimoto's. But because of the anti-inflammatory diet, we've been able to clear that up um, to such a point. It's not 100% yet, but she no longer has any hypothyroid symptoms. She's lost seven kilos. She's able to fill her day with all kinds of activities. So she, you know, her quality of life has completely changed. Yeah, that's fantastic. Hmm. Um, a question, you know, I've, I've had blood tests, you know, my wife's had them, et cetera. And I've heard from a lot of people that, you know, they'll do a test and they don't feel good. And, you know, the doctor will say, oh, well, you're in range for this, this test or this particular result. And the person goes away thinking, well, now what do I do? What's wrong? So if you have someone tested and they're in range, but they're the low or the high end of a range, does that tell you to do anything different or it's just in range, out of range, that's it? No, it certainly does. The amount of patients that I've had that have said exactly what you've just said, that they go to the doctor, it's within the range, and therefore the doctor says there's nothing else I can do for you. But they are having symptoms. They know they're having symptoms. The symptoms are debilitating, and they're affecting their quality of life. So what I like to do is I look at the range. I look at if it's at the low part of the range, especially with magnesium, I find um, low-range magnesium is still still needs to be supplemented, or I look at the high part of the range in case there's too much of a particular hormone or a particular and, and particular there, particularly there I'm thinking of estradiol. If that's in the high range, I often see high-range estradiol symptoms as well. So um, it's 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 very much about how you read the blood test. It's not about the range. Oh, good. You know, that's good to hear because again, I've just seen. A lot of that, and people are told they're crazy, they're fine, it's mental, 
there's a pill shut up, you know. Yes, I think that's probably one of the worst parts of conventional medicine, that uh, no time is taken to look more closely at the lower or higher part of the range and the fact that symptoms can happen even if you're within the range, but you're just not in, you know, in the mid-range. What kind of training do you did you need to be able to look at the totality of, you know, dozens or hundreds of blood test results and, you know, emotional content and uh, history and sleeping? And, I mean, how do you even process all that info? I know it's, it's taken 35 years, but um, I started at a very young age because I was very fortunate to work with Dr. Peter Saporetti at the High Rustenburg Health Center in South Africa. Um, and I started off uh, becoming certified in naturopathy, homeopathy, and in those days it was just uh, it was nutrition uh, and nutritional coaching. And then when I moved to Europe, I worked with Patrick Holford and 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 a very interesting way of managing nutritional health. And from there, I developed into nutritional therapy. And I was very fortunate seven years ago to spend five years working under the top. A functional medicine doctor in Europe, Dr. Anne Lenoy. So those five years were invaluable in the, in the work that I do now in terms of reading blood tests, DNA tests. I've obviously done, uh, you know, the necessary DNA studies to be able to interpret the tests. And then um, at the same time, I became very interested in emotional health. So I obtained a master's certification in EFT, which is, stands for Emotional Freedom Technique, which is one of the best ways of assessing and supporting emotional health that I've ever found. So um, by doing that and also being a yoga and Pilates instructor and looking at mindfulness, it's given me a very complete and rounded education, not only uh, technically but also practically which I think is the area that's most important and and to that end I'm, I'm actually producing a health coach certification course at the moment with uh, the Wellness Foundation in Brussels which is a non-profit educational institution which will also be recognized as a university course here in Gibraltar. So I know it's hard to sum up that much experience in seeing you know hundreds or thousands of patients but What's, uh, what patterns do you see now in people recently that maybe you didn't see before? You know, what's going on in the aggregate uh, in, your, in the populations you see? Well, for me, I think that the DNA testing has been revolutionary because when we're able to look at the health of every single cell in our body, as opposed to just looking at a blood test at a moment in time, for me, DNA health assessment has been key in my practice as well in understanding my patients' real health and how best to support them. So I think DNA health has been huge and it's more recent and it's becoming, I think, the method of uh, diagnosing over far, far superior to just the blood test. We still need the blood test for day-to-day understanding, but the genetic testing is most important. Most of the people I see are suffering from some degree of inflammation, and inflammation is at the beginning of every single disease that we have today. So I focus very much on detecting how much inflammation each patient has, and I find that by focusing on releasing that inflammation in various ways, whether it's through diet, natural medicine, emotional uh, training, or DNA testing, I, that is what has a significant impact on their quality of life. Well, when you say DNA testing, you know, people think maybe it's like 23andMe and that kind of stuff. That's, that's ancestral, but what do you mean by DNA testing? What is being tested 
when DNA testing is done. So with DNA testing, it's very much about testing our DNA health. So the first thing that we look at, of course, would be uh, inflammation. So that's a particular uh, test that's done. Very interesting. Then we would look at detoxification pathways, how easily uh, the patient is able to detoxify. Obviously, that's huge uh, because it, it gives so much information. We then look at oxidative stress. So that's obviously how stress the body is from various toxins. Uh, we look at bone health. We look at insulin sensitivity, lactose intolerance, um, alcohol and salt intolerance also looked at. We obviously look at lipid metabolism, which is cholesterol. And um, as I said, bone health as well is, is a very important one. So from that, I'm actually, actually able to detect a huge amount in terms of what type of health challenges there are. But I mean, since we're, we're born with the DNA we have, and it, uh, I guess, rarely changes, what does that mean? How can inflammation, inflammation be correlated with DNA? Is it that, you know, is it an epigenetic change that now predisposes you to inflammation? Is it, uh, you know, yes, you're just predisposed about, in general? Exactly. So it's very much about how our genes express themselves, because nowadays it's 98% about our lifestyle, uh, that determines how our genes or our DNA expresses. So, in other words, if you have inherited a certain type of DNA or genetic tendency, uh, you won't necessarily get ill if your lifestyle uh, makes sure that the, the genetic expression is positive and not negative. I always liken it to a loaded gun. So our genes and our genetic predispositions are like a gun, a loaded gun with bullets. But our lifestyle pulls the trigger, and that's when the genes express themselves. So the trick is don't let the trigger get pulled because just ensure that you have an extremely healthy lifestyle and then the genetic predisposition is not important anymore. It's about how the genes are expressing themselves. So why would, um, you know, let's say I'm 40 and I felt fine and, you know, all of a sudden the last five years I'm not feeling good, you know, whatever that means. Why would my gene expression affect that at all of a sudden? It seems, you know, at least to me, it seems like all of a sudden. Any idea into the mechanism of that? Yes, I think it's a lot of it is as we age, we have a higher tendency towards inflammation and degeneration on a cellular level. So whilst we were able to perhaps support a, cert a certain amount of toxins or stress or uh, lifestyles that were not particularly healthy, as we get older uh, and we have the cellular degeneration, we're no longer able to support these lifestyles. So we suddenly, I have so many patients that come along and say, well, I was, I've been fine all my life, and then suddenly I haven't done anything different, but I'm not feeling well. So that's what it is. Yeah, that's what I was wondering, because it's, um, you know, again, I guess, I guess my concept of it is wrong, but uh, that's why I was wondering what, you know, the genes, again, are supposed to be fixed. So why during your life would they suddenly manifest? But I guess if you have a... Um, and I can call it a weakness or a predisposition, you know, as you get older and you're less able to manage that weakness or predisposition, then it slowly, uh, I guess, reaches the, I guess it reaches the tipping exactly. point and then you're affected. Okay. Exactly. That makes sense. So um, what are these DNA tests called? How do you even find such a thing? Well, um, the best is to research the best laboratory. So I happen to work with uh, uh, the best laboratory in the world, as far as I'm concerned, and it's not exceptionally overpriced either. Um, and it happens to be in Denmark. Um, I discovered this laboratory when I was training under Dr. Lenoy, 
Um, and the quality of the laboratory and, and obviously the way in which the DNA is tested is very, very important. But there are, there are laboratories in the USA as well. Um, I do find that they are extremely overpriced, but it just depends. Um, you can work with, I work with, uh, patients from all over the world. So in the mornings I work with Australia. In the afternoons I work with, um, Europe and in the evenings I work with the USA. And these tests uh, are sent by a courier from to anywhere in the world. So nowadays, with the internet and with with the courier, uh, it doesn't matter where you get your DNA tested because the the packet is sent to you wherever you are, and it's picked up by uh, the courier as well, and then it's transported back to the lab. That's great. So you could be in the U.S. but still use a, a lab in Denmark to get your results, no problem. Yes. Absolutely, and then we do we do the uh, the results analysis by Skype interviews. So it's really very easy. And you know, if someone wants to uh, you know apply to become your patient, can you help patients anywhere in the world, or they can only be from certain oh, countries? Oh yes, or? yes, yes. Half of my practice is actually uh, international. Um, so um, if if you go onto my website, there's a free 15 minute consult. Um, I'll have a chat with anyone in the world. And I work with Africa, the USA, with Australia, all over Europe. Um, and it's, it's, it's extremely effective because the people that I work with really want to get better. So it doesn't matter to me or to them where I am or where they are because blood tests can be done locally with local doctors and everything can be done over the Internet. So it actually becomes a, a really unimportant where somebody is. It's more important in how serious they are about getting better. You don't do remote surgery yet, do you? Just kidding. No, 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 no. I think uh, we're not we're not we're not that well developed yet. <laughs> no, I know, I guess. Well, excellent. So, where can people get uh, your latest book and see all the other titles you've come out with? Just go to Amazon, or what's the best place? Yes, I have an Amazon author page. Um, I this is my latest book. I have about thirty-five books in total. Lots of recipe books as well, um, and lots of different subjects. Um, to get in touch with me, it's my name, baronparry.com, and you simply uh, fill in the form to have your initial free consult with me, and I'd be just delighted to talk to anybody that wants to have a chat initially and discuss exactly how everything works. All right, that's great. Well, Baron, thanks for coming on the podcast, and uh, looking forward to hearing from you again, and you know, keep writing and keep doing what you do. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, and thanks for having me on the podcast and for all the interesting questions. And if it's helped anybody, I'm absolutely delighted. You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you.